I think that running a business is giving you a lot of satisfaction, but true happiness does not come from bank account, you know, numbers or how many assets you're managing or anything else. It's actually your family. Let's get ready to scale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. And today I'm going to be sharing with you some of life lessons, uh, some things that I've learned after celebrating 41 years of existence. Uh, Boy, that's been um, one hell of a ride, I would say. Um, So for those of you who uh, don't know me, um, I'm the CEO and founder of Blue Lake Capital, and we are multifamily syndicators, owners and operators of multifamily assets across the U.S. Um, and so, you know, I uh, today I'm recording this. It's June 14th, 2023. Yesterday, I celebrated my birthday and um, I took a pause. It was actually uh, not like me to take a pause from work. And I decided to focus um, on my family, and I uh, I spent the uh, the day with my one year old daughter Avery and uh, with my husband, um, and that was a very uplifting and and very fun experience for me. Just during the day, just to walk down the street, um, not being in the office, not being on phone calls, just to take a pause of all of this. That gave me you know time to reflect, um, and I was thinking about the. Um, my journey, you know, so far. And if you are curious um, about, you know, to hear about my past and how I got to uh, where I am today, if you scroll all the way back a few years ago, the first episode on this podcast was um, called, we called it, Who Are You, Ellie Perlman? And I'm basically sharing my life story. Um, And really, you know, where I am today is a very very, very different place that, than, you know, I was when I started um, my life on, on earth. Um, I was born um, not to a middle-class family, but to a very, very poor family back in Israel. Um, you know, I remember my mom was, was sick um, most of my childhood. And when we came back from school, nobody was greeting us. And I actually, as the oldest of four kids, took the place of, you know, the mom and um, made sure that everyone was fed, did their homework, you know, took showers and, and you know, we had chores every day. Um, and um, I remember at the age of 11, I really understood that we, we were poor. Um you know, I, I needed to help my parents make some pocket money. So I was cleaning synagogues. Um, and it was just me and my thoughts and a a bucket of water and soap cleaning, um, you know, the, the floors and the chairs and, and, you know, dusting off, you know, the, the bookshelves. And I realized that, you know, I, I don't want, I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. And I told myself, I'm, going to find a way somehow to not be poor. And I'm going to do whatever I can that my future kids are not going to need to go to the synagogues um, and clean them, you know, every uh, Thursday. Um, and um, I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it. And but I just knew that, you know, I said, I'm 
going to make a decision right now. I'm not going to be poor and I'm going to do whatever I can to not stay in that, you know, position in that, um, in that uh, place in the food chain. And every decision that I've made since then ha had, you know, that put me in the path to success. And whenever things got hard, I reminded myself of my goal. Um, I, I actually got married when I was 19 years old. I was very religious at the time, and it seems like the right thing to do. Um, and I thought that that would help me improve. Um, well, I was in love at the age of 19. And of course, when you're 19 years old and in love, you think that you found that person and everything is going to be fine. It's not something I, I normally talk about, um, but it's part of kind of the, the bigger picture. And um, I worked really hard to get into law school. Um, and I was studying for really long hours to be able to get into um, law school. And then I worked as an attorney. And when I finally started to make some money and, you know, I worked as a real estate attorney, I uh, found out that I had this rare eye disease and I was not seen straight and um, I wasn't seeing things very clearly. Um, and my eye was blurry and um, I was on the path of losing my eyesight. And I think it was 25 years old at the time or 26 years old at the time. And that was pretty scary. And I was terrified because if I can't see, I can't continue working as an attorney. I can't make money. Um, I started a very long process of healing and all kinds of painful. I'm not going to walk you through because it's really not something that I think is nice to hear. Um, but as, as I was recovering, I realized that I wasn't seeing things right. And I was actually unhappy in my position as an attorney. Um, so I quit my job and I took a huge risk and I became a property manager because I said to myself, I wanted to be my clients. Uh, I want to manage real estate to buy real estate. And after working as a property manager for about four years or so, I actually transitioned um, again. And I said, you know, I remember learning about the self-made man concept in college in the US and I told myself I'm going to move here and I'm going to start all over and I did I moved to the United States I landed in Cambridge um, and you know I went to the MIT MBA program and again it was really really hard to get into and I was taking the GMAT um, I was waking at 5 or 6 a.m. study for an hour go to work, then come back and then study, you know, from 9 p.m. until midnight, day after day after day for months um, until I was able to get in. And it was a very humbling experience because I was sitting there with the brightest, most amazing people, the, the best brains in the world. And you think that you're a star student and you're, you know, you're a straight A student and you're the star of your class in high school and and uh, law school and all of a sudden everyone are the stars Ev everyone is the star Ev everyone you know um did amazing things from exiting companies to developing new products and it was an amazing experience for me and shortly after um graduating from mit you know i worked in tech for a little bit and then opened Blue Capital where I, you know, wanted to land and, uh, you know, buying real estate, managing assets for investors. Um, and just reflecting on my birthday on all this 
you know, amazing path, it's, it's sometimes, you know, good to pause and be thankful and appreciate the place that you are in right now. Because I usually caught, you know, caught up in um, companies goals and returns and um, the day to day operations. But I'm actually that 11 year old girl who was dusting off some bookshelves on Thursdays, eat on Thursdays um, at the local synagogues. And that is the girl in me that is always going to push myself to work harder, to achieve more. Because once I've experienced that level of poverty, it never leaves you. It's always part of your identity. And it's like a chip on your shoulder, something to make you feel uncomfortable when you get comfortable. Um, so it was kind of refreshing and interesting to reflect on, you know, my journey, you know, to date. Um, and I wanted to really share with you a few lessons um, as I was reflecting on real estate, multifamily, building a business, um, and also being, you know, a young mom, um, you know, the lessons that I wanted to share with you, the number one lesson is that nothing lasts forever. Um, when it comes to real estate specifically, two and three years ago, everyone wanted to invest in real estate and in multifamily specifically. And, you know, prices were, were, you know, very high because cap rates were very low. There were sub 3% cap that multifamily assets were trading at. And when everyone was in investing, the feeling was that this is going to last forever. Meaning when people invested many times, they didn't really take into consideration that there could be a shift in the economy. And right now I see the same thing. So people do not want to invest because there's a feeling, even though in the, in the head understands that this is not going to last forever, um, that um, the real estate market and, and the economy and the interest rate and environment are not going to stay the same. The brain knows that. But sometimes when we're motivated by fear, the feeling is that this is going to last forever. So until I know for a fact that things are changing, I'm not going to invest. Um, and so just from being where I was when I was 11 years old and, you know, comparing to where I am today, I can guarantee you that nothing lasts forever. And I think just remembering that and getting rid of the fear is important um, just to understand that th things will change. So as long as you're looking at anything, if it's an investment, if it's um, a decision, whether to sell your company or anything else, just remember that nothing lasts forever and things are always changing um and just understanding that is going to give you a lot of comfort because right now some um you know sponsors and some investors are feeling the pressure of the lower cash flow um but this shall pass and you know nothing lasts forever so even if the pressure is here now it should alleviate it should be better in the near future or you know the the long future um, or, or the, well, I don't know if I can say near or long future, but in the future or the near future, it would, it would change. Um, it will change. The second lesson that I've learned is that the true meaning of cyclicality in real estate is patience. Um, you know, I was 
speaking with one of my investors and he's been investing in real estate for over 30 years. And he told me, you know, I'm looking at what's happening in real estate right now. And it, it doesn't scare me. I was, I, I've done that, you know, before I've been there, done that every time the market shifts, there's, um, you know, imp the assets, some of the assets are being negatively impacted by it, but they bounce back. And that's why, and that's the true meaning of the cyclicality of real estate, that you have to be patient. You have to be patient because even if right now the asset that you invested in does not produce cash flow or the not, does not produce the amount of cash flow that you thought that the asset would um, generate, the cyclicality of the nature of, of the real estate business is that this will change. And all you have to do is be patient. And of course, I'm, I'm putting aside, you know, edge cases where the asset is bleeding money and it's the right time to sell or to exit or to restructure the loan. I'm not talking about the edge cases, but I'm talking about the um, assets that are not performing to the level that you expected as an investor, being patient and waiting for the right time to exit or to make a move. That's the meaning of uh, the, the understanding the cyclicality of real estate. That right now, it's not as a strong market as it was two, three, four, five years ago, but it will go back to be a strong market. Um, and just need you just need to be patient and know that things will change, which is kind of uh, similar to the first lesson that nothing lasts forever. Um, so the, the third lesson that I wanted to share and uh, I touched on it a little bit at the beginning is that family is the most important thing. And I think um, that before I became a mom, I really did not fully understand it. I didn't fully understand when people said I had the best time, you know, I spent it with my, I spent the weekend with my family I said, well, you know, I, I, I thought, well, you could have done, you know, other things that are maybe a bit more fun, but it truly is just those amazing, I know it sounds corny, but those amazing moments when I was sitting at the coffee shop in the morning at 10 a.m. with my daughter and we were reading a book and then laughing and her laughter at that point was the most amazing thing for me to experience. And I fully, I, I finally get it. And um, I can tell you that a lot of our investors, the reason why they invest is to take care of their families and of their kids. Um, and some investors are they basically told me, we would like to invest with you because you're a woman. And I want to show my daughter or my daughters that women can do that, that they can do whatever they, they want to do. And I can't fully support it if I don't act on it. And part of supporting and acting on it is actually investing with, with female entrepreneurs, with female owners, CEOs, operators. And I thought that I was really an, an amazing um, you know, statement and act because this is how you make an impact on the next generation, not only to save money, build a nest egg for them to protect your family, but also show them that, you know, even if you have daughters, you can show them, or if you have not even, but if you have daughters, show them that really women can do, you know, everything. Um, so I found that to be um, pretty surprising, actually, but also very, um, 
you know, heartwarming. Um, and yeah, I, I, since I became a mom, I really understood that family is the most important thing. Um, I think that running a business is giving you a lot of satisfaction, but true happiness does not come from bank account, you know, numbers or how many assets you're managing or anything else. It's actually your family, your partner, your children, um, your close family that is really giving you the source of happiness. Um, so these uh, were my uh, three lessons, the three lessons that I've learned from, you know, reflecting on my life and the journey that I've, uh, I've taken, um, my personal journey um, until today. And I really appreciate you sticking around with me to um, hear my thoughts and my insights um, about all the things that I've learned by, um, you know, tuning in. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening again. Be bold, stay strong, keep pushing forward, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.